What's going on? It's CJ Today Slayer from the Upgrade America Podcast 2.0. You already know what it is. Like, share, subscribe. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, upgraders. This is a very interesting episode. We're trying to mix things up a little bit to make the pacing of the program better for you guys for listening. And uh, yeah, just so bear with us. We always experimenting how to bring bring the best product to your ears and to your eyes. Um, of course. You know, my camera footage is always a little blurry. I'm working on my cam. I always have an issue with it for some reason. It's a beautiful camera, but uh, still got to get on my uh, tech with that one. So I hope you're blessed, grateful, and prospering wherever you are. Peace. Peace world and Ola Ara. Yeah, I don't know if we're added it. We just roll with it. Peace world, all our upgraders. This is Upgrade America. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Cameron Ra, your favorite internet madman. Here with CJ the Day Slayer. Citizen Finisher. What's happening, bro? What's on the run? Oh man, rundown. Hey, blessed, grateful, all that good stuff. Shout out to everybody, all our upgraders. This is our rundown. What's the what's the next Bitcoin enhancement? How will it upgrade America? Robots are coming to fast food. Do you trust the machine or do you prefer mm. teenagers? America doesn't have a crime problem. It has a mental health epidemic. Is 988 the cousin of 911? Mm. Remember Russia. I mean, remember America has worked with Nazis before Operation Paperclip. What if Russia hypothetically is defeated by the U.S. funded neo-Nazis? Wait, China's in our backyard? And do they have nukes in Mexico? Is that a fly on the wall or a small military drone? What are you watching? Jurassic World and Love Death Robot Reviews? We're going to talk about that. And how will you upgrade America? Let's discuss the rules. Boom, that's a rundown. Let's get it. All right, cool. So, you know, big fan of Bitcoin. We talk about Bitcoin a lot on this channel. And it definitely has a role to upgrade America. While Bitcoin is great as a storage of wealth, there, it's not a problem, but there is a lack of... You can't store data on, on the Bitcoin blockchain. Fun fact for all you Bitcoiners out there, Bitcoin is the, the, the essentially it's the most powerful supercomputer in the world. You have thousands, if not millions of nodes decentralized that can process information and, and send information fast on, on, a lightning, on a lightning network. Where I'm going at with this is you have, we have the, the, the biggest, great supercomputer in the world, but we're not doing much besides sending transactions and logging them on the blockchain. Bitcoiners bash other cryptocurrencies. Rightfully so, most of them are trash. But say what you want about Ethereum's million dollar monkey pictures, NFTs and what have you. Ethereum has practical utility because they have smart contracts. And essentially, you could store the entire library of Congress, which I have a song, Believe in Bitcoin, copywritten on there. You can store that on the blip, uh, on the Ethereum blockchain, Cardano blockchain, indefinitely. Hmm. Bitcoin, you can't do that. Eventually, the world, CJ, you said it yourself, right, about preserving information. The best way to do that, yes, is a hard copy, but also storing it on the blockchain. And eventually this is going to happen. No better blockchain to do it on than the original blockchain, Bitcoin. Right now, Bitcoin doesn't have that capability and we need to look into ways into enhancing that, that blockchain. What I would propose, I'm just gonna keep it short and sweet. I'll write a white paper for it, but we need the ability to store text, not long text, essentially code is text. You know what a hash is, CJ? No. A hash is you can take a long, a lot of text, a lot of code, and you can condense it into a, a little code that's only probably like, let's call it 20 characters long. 
Okay. So imagine taking something that's like a million characters and condensing it into like 20 or 30 characters because okay. it's in, in a very unique hexadecimal representation of the data. I'm proposing taking that, boom, adding it on to the Bitcoin blockchain. But even that has weight. Because even like you write a, a single letter, it could be like what? A kilobyte, right? In Microsoft. And yeah, a single letter would be kilobyte, maybe, may, yeah, probably kilobyte, byte, maybe. Because in, in addition to that text, there's also subtext and all that, and mm -hmm. metadata and all that stuff. But just having, so that would be, when you're adding text to it, you have more, it's more weight to carry on the blockchain which is why a lot of people would push back uh, against that is because of more data, but it needs to be done. Like Bitcoin is great for storing wealth, but it has beyond that, it has no other practical utility. And when you're looking, we are talking about the last Bitcoin being mined in 2148, I believe. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of time for innovation with, uh, with competitors to replicate the Bitcoin model and it would probably be very difficult because you'll have centralized points but but anyways no better no better place to hold all the world's data than the people that's the whole purpose of Bitcoin is decentralized Ethereum is not decentralized like JP Morgan da Jamie Dimon and all those those bankers they're all in on Ethereum and then they can print it and make it as as they will. Bitcoin has hard set rules. So and and just, I feel it's for it's it's for the people. So the people should support the world's data. I ranted long enough, but what are your thoughts, man? So we can't just overall what I took is are we are they not thinking of um how you put it? Storing all this information, like say, for instance, the Library of Congress on a blockchain anyway? How are they not thinking of it? You think the US government is thinking of doing the, say, the Constitution, all these things, all these historical uh, documents somehow? They're most likely, if they haven't done it already, it's most likely going to occur. And why I'm proposing Bitcoin is because, say, they do choose Ethereum or something like that to store mm -hmm. all their critical data on. But because it's not truly decentralized, meaning it's not like you have millions of people, individuals around the world supporting a network, someone could attack a central point and, and, and cripple that blockchain. But Bitcoin is so decentralized, mm -hmm. it, it would be very difficult to disrupt. But they're going to do it. As what you mentioned, they're gonna do it. It's just a matter of what blockchain they choose. Yeah, I, that, that's the biggest thing I caught from that is, yeah, we do need to have our contingency plan in the form of something more secure, you know, in case anything happens. Because you had, what was it, that big library, I think, in Brazil got burned down or one of those countries got burned down with all these artifacts and uh, historical documents besides the, the was it, Library of Alexandria or whatever? In Egypt, yes. Yeah. That was that was a, a tragedy, a historical tragedy. So yeah. Yeah. So I was just thinking in terms of that. But um, what we got next? Uh, robots are coming to fast food. Do you trust the machine, or do you prefer bratty teenagers? Well, I mean, you threw this on on, on the radar. What are your thoughts on this, man? Um, I, I watched a clip. We shared a clip. I think it's called Miso Technology. Um, and what the goal is, once you get into the clip a little bit, it made sense. They're just going to have the robots do the repetitive task. Okay. And then the humans do, I guess, the more complex or, and also they would act as a user operator kind of thing. Cause they would have to learn about these robots in case of a malfunction. So after, and, th and this came from a restaurateur who was campaigning and marketing for hey this is really not a bad idea if this thing does fries and whatever the human could just focus on the other stuff i guess the, i haven't worked in a uh, restaurant industry so i'm sure those folks that's out there can speak on that 
but they were talking about how accurate and how better it would be for the employees in the back and very more productive and more consistent as well um we we've talked about this what season one season two that automation is taking jobs we've seen multiple news reports it's just common like even um i say going to wawa you order all your own food right there you don't have to go up hey can i have this can i have that nah you just which i like that it's very convenient you go ahead and type in what you want and make it boom done so um it's coming it's inevitable basically it is inevitable and it's right alongside with we mentioned before you're gonna raise wages for minimum wage it's gonna result in you're gonna have less employees but the how do you say the responsibility of those employees is going to become more technical meaning it's like yo yeah now it's only you and the robot so now you need to learn these new responsibilities that includes maintaining the robot but you said that the robot's gonna start doing the basic stuff but what we must consider is technology has no cap doesn't yeah you're right no limit to this thing so and it's exponential growth Moore's law what have you like it's gonna get more advanced and um you said it yourself man like it's it's fully automated so it's gonna come to a point where there's gonna be no human interaction in in fast food and maybe even in other things like that as well and that's why I tip for the human interaction because we will miss it we may miss it um, I guess for everything is cold and robotic and I guess I guess we're gonna be using humans for more of the soft approach like the human human approach while robots are do all the task and What's another soft, thing soft approach like like this hey how's your meal like say the robot brings out everything cooked everything hey how's your meal oh it's excellent i was just checking do you need anything like they'll actually still be doing i don't need that because you ever been in a deep conversation man we had all the time man we mistake or something and we'd be like yo the secret of the universe and then the waitress comes hey is everything yeah. Interrupting, I was like, no, yo, if I need something, I will summon you. Like, yeah. <laughs> in the future, it will be like, it'll be exactly like, like precisely that. You have, they're already using that little scan QR oh, code for menus. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I can see it more like, yo, you got an application, right? Boom. You need more water, QR code on there, boom. The robot comes and gives you precisely what you need. Like, mm. I think that'll take longer or you think it'll take longer I think it'll take longer to get to that point where it's robotically doing everything like oh yeah yeah I think you're gonna still have some human element as soon as Elon Musk rolls out those uh those humanoid robots that he wants to the mass produce and then Boston Dynamics leading the charge mm. let's give it it's 2022 2030 yeah, I can kind of see that. A uh, quick comment from IG. What up, Hot Rod? Who they? You know, he's a Bengals fan, so NFL. He said, I'm down with robots because people have my order wrong all the time. You know it. Last Human error, bro. You gotta love it. Man, thanks for watching, man. I miss you, bro. You know, we gotta get up sometime. Um, Yo, robots don't spit in your food either. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I think they'll keep still the human touch around for a while until they figure out a perfect way where people still feel that uh, social interaction that that's not cold and robotic, as you say. Um, I again call me Mr. Cynical and Devil's Advocate. What have you? We've seen what the blip did. Mm-hmm. And you you see other talking heads. Uh, let's 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 shout out Bill Gates. Okay. Talking about oh, when the next pandemic is gonna be way worse. So it's like we got a glimpse of the of the, of the first blip, right? So it's like it showed the urgency and the need for these robots. It showed that we need the self driving cars. 
and business being business, if you can do it without it, they're gonna cut. They're gonna take that. They're gonna cut heads. Yeah. I don't know, we'll see. I still like the human interaction, but I, I do understand that robots are coming. <laughs> I gotta be real about it. Yes, indeed. Um, America doesn't have a crime problem. It has a mental health epidemic. Is 988 the cousin of 911? Yo, preach, bro. Let's talk about it. So, I found out, let me look back on this, that the mental health version of 911 is set to launch nationwide July 16th according to NBC News. So if you got a mental health issue you dial 988. So how do you feel about this? Um, I'm a fan of it. I, I like that they're taking the mental health component seriously. Like um, thing is It's a great idea. It really is. However, are we talking about who's responding when, when you call 988? Because I think it's like the way we need to restructure law enforcement. Like, you need a fire team, essentially. Right? You need our cops that we have now who are proficient with weapons and proficient with force. In addition to, you need whoever's coming on that 988 call, counselor, mental health advisor, and then you need another third person. You need a lawyer, whether it's an attorney, a district attorney, whatever. Someone who can say, yeah, you can charge it. Because if we're locking people up before, you know, that's another discussion. This is on mental health. We, do, we mentioned the, the Citizens Advocate Agency. But they all need to be rolling together as a fire team. And that's who should be responding when you dial 911 or 988. That's my thought. I like that approach because essentially law enforcement would be security. Yes. And then you have everybody else as the point of contact. Depending point of on contact the and subject matter experts because a lawyer or your lawyer type is not going to be an expert. And that's what we need an expert in de escalating issues with mental health. A cop, and we love them. We love cops. We love good cops. But, like, they are not going to be, you're not going to be like, yes, I'm an expert in all these firearms, verbal judo, uses of force, and then you're going to be an expert at de-escalating mental, no, you're not going to be an escalate, you're not going to be an expert, you're, you're I'm not going to say a cop is a master of, of, of none, they, but they're, they have proficiencies in many areas, and that's good, but we need experts, and particularly yeah. in the area of mental health. I noticed something. We've been on this fire team kick for a lot of these things, but it would make so much sense. How do you think that would play out for, because like you mentioned, not all cops are good, right? Mm. So how would that play out for those individuals in the vehicles with these cops? They get a real glimpse of what cops are really like on a daily basis. But say it's a bad apple cop. Mm and say one of the team does something they don't agree with and this cop has a personal information they can look them up all that for retaliation or some other thing on on the cop's personal time right Right. um that's the only concern i kind of have is if everybody is not peachy everybody has a job to do but i could see it going cops feel like their territory is getting encroached upon Oh, isn't that the same with a, a blue-on-blue encounter? Isn't that the same with off-duty cops? And so I wouldn't see that as a... I wouldn't see that... I wouldn't, that's not a showstopper, and me personally. Mm-hmm. More, moreover, the, the person who would volunteer for such a duty should, one, know the danger of, of the duty, like on-duty, and then off-duty, as you mentioned, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, who they said let's see I like the idea of 988 but people need to sit down and pray so he said take a, a spiritual approach mm. um, I think there is a lack of spirituality whatever you believe in um, so but 
at the same time, I would say we do need mental health services as we have proven, especially during the blip, everybody needed exposed a lot of mental health issues and created new ones. I agree. Um, so, but, but I'm not opposed to spirituality. We always talk about it on this podcast. So, and I'm, 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 I'm all for the spiritual aspect as well. In the military, the chaplain plays a major role, uh, you know, in the morale of the, the I don't say the fighting force, but the military, the armed mm-hmm. forces. So, uh, again, what, uh, how do you say, a, is there such a thing? I don't know. Are there cop chaplains? Uh, that's a good question. Huh. That's something we have to figure out. Cop chaplains. I would assume so, though. Um, shoot, they have priests in locker rooms and stuff for football and different things. I don't know how often that is, but I remember seeing portrayals of that before uh, in the movies, so take that for what it is. Um, Alright. Remember, America has worked with Nazis before Operation Paperclip. What if... Russia is hypothetically defeated by the U.S. funded neo-Nazis. So, uh, give give a little background. Operation Paperclip. My little. Oh, okay. So it's like before everyone uh, will call you a conspiracy theorist and, and whatnot. Do your due diligence and research Google search Operation Paperclip. Operation Paperclip. Long story short, during World War Two. The Germans, the Nazis, they had better rocket technology than America. Like they were used, I believe it was like a V2, some sort of missile. Yeah. They had had the capability to project that long range and then just bombed, hit targets. At the time, 1940s, what we had were like, let's just call them your conventional bombs. You just drop boom, 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 carpet bombing and whatnot. It still required a plane, a pilot, a man person. You risk your life to drop ordnance on on the enemy. This rocket could just be like boom. You launch that from a miles away. And so when America saw this, they're like, "Yo, let's let's bring these Nazis into America." And then they're they're supporting us, but like, sir, they're 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 Nazis. We don't care. We want the technology. Got started, and that's what they did. Operation Paperclip. It was a whole operation about bringing Nazis in specifically for not for NASA. Warner Von Braun's high-ranking official in NASA actually has a Nazi dueling scar. Like this was in Nazi in Nazi culture, I guess they would like some of them really did sword fight, but I guess like some of them for fashion, like a tattoo, they would get a scar on there and then like he had one of those. And this guy was in NASA. So it makes you think if they were in the if they work with them with NASA, they, they could very well be in other facets of government. This is an entirely different podcast. We're talking about Ukraine. But are you familiar with, I think it's called the the Avaz or whatever? Nah. What is this? this? This is, I believe, one of the right-winged neo-Nazi militias that are operating in Ukraine. Ukraine? Oh, yeah. We talked yeah. about the one episode. Yeah. Uh, you shared a clip with me about that. So my, my, my question is like, we, the question is about like, yo, if they win, and remember how huge Russia is, just and it's just hypothetical, if Russia falls, and then, you know, because re- Ukraine is the good guys, no matter if you're a Nazi or not, and these guys are getting funded, and then they take control of this huge territory, this huge oil bearing terror. I'm just curious, how do you think that that all plays out? Funded by the funded by America. Well, we're we'll fund all sides, first of all. That's our history. We don't long as it benefits us somehow, I'm just throwing that out there. But people forget Henry Ford was like for the Nazi movement too. They don't talk about that. Um, Disney was too. Yeah, or something like, or he was against it because wasn't he Jewish? I believe. Was he? Then yeah. Before I get defamation. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Ford, I believe, 
I know Rockefellers had some IB Farben deal, which was like IB Farben was like a, they did business with the Nazis, but they also did business with the Rockefellers. But um, everyone seems to be doing business with Nazis. All I'm saying is that there's a power vacuum and it gets filled by these. Uh, I'm just curious how that that would play out. What type of state would that? What would that mean for for Europe? Like, I think. They'll definitely get absorbed into the EU, NATO, like this. I don't think so. I think you, if you Ukraine is it? able to, if Ukraine is able to defeat Russia, they don't need, they won't need NATO. Remember, EU depends on Russia. Oh, that. yeah, that's true. I didn't EU think it depends on Russia for their appeal. So if, like, Ukraine's leading the charge and they're like, oh, even if Russia's defeated by bankruptcy, by uh, you know, and he and Ukrainian troops running, they just start taking stuff. They don't have to. They don't have to yield to to the EU or or well, or to or to, uh, to NATO, like, particularly if they're securing all that fuel. I wonder they have created the monster. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, they might turn into the new monster. They get the taste of that power, and like you defeat Russia, like hell yeah. How would you not like have your chest out? Um, that's a good point. I didn't look at it like that. I guess it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out in current times, like regime change and stuff like that on this scale. That would be very interesting. I don't know. I think all the allies are kind of looking at like, uh. <laughs> what's up, Ukraine? What you doing? You have Ukraine is granted they don't have. We're not sending them military aircraft, but they're getting a great deal of what billions, tens of billions of dollars worth of, of military aid. You know, and I'm not saying everyone there is nasty, but the nasties are getting uh, they're getting a drop of that money, so they're still getting funded. But again, one, do we know the intentions of, is it Zelensky? Oh, yeah, the, was it president? Is it the president or prime minister? Yeah. President. So um, like, I, I don't know. Again, it was just speculation, hypothetical, food for thought. Yeah. That would be very fascinating. Definitely be a culture change. Because they're not even in NATO. They're not in I don't think they're in the European Union. So Who, like, Russia? Yeah, or so if they all of a sudden we're buddies. Yeah. Which I, one I would like Ukraine to see what's in? really going on. Which one is Ukraine? Are they in just NATO or, or both? Or in Which EU? one is who? Is NATO, I mean, uh, is Ukraine in NATO or uh, EU? They're in one and not the other, I feel like. I don't think they're in any. I know they're yeah. definitely not in NATO. Because that is something that was a uh, Zelensky was pushing for and yeah, okay. very avid against. Now the European Union, I don't think so. Like, do they use euros? Can you Google that real quick? If if Ukraine, yeah, Let's see here. This. If they did, they may have joined late. Because when I was there, I think they had their own. They're doing their own thing. They had their own money and stuff. Uh. And you, right? Well, this is a little hypothetical. I'm watching it's... it objectively, just wondering how it's all going to unfold. Mm-hmm. And, uh... EU countries, well, they said opinion on Ukraine's EU stat- candidate status. So, so not- I don't think it's. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like that's why I'm huh. curious about all this. Uh, and all of a sudden, we're buddies and tens of billions of dollars and eight. Yeah, there's What's something, the there's a lot going on in there that we're not seeing, it's not being covered, and that's why I would like an objective opinion. I would like to see, yeah, I, I agree with you because our money is going to remember. Americans, your money is going to this. You have a right to know what your money is going to. Like <laughs> your taxpaying dollars. Yeah. Um wait, China's in our backyard and they have nukes in Mexico. For entertainment purposes only and on 
all speculation. But nah, you, you brought that, that article up. Alright, let me I pop just it. Threw, I just threw some sauce on, on the end. And, uh, <laughs> let me see something. Alright, I want to pop it up because I just saw the headline. That was It was very fascinating. Um, like, okay. Go ahead. No, no, no. Um, it's from Epic Times. I gotta give them the credit. China Insider. I got it off of Twitter. I this I think it's an independent uh, news media source or whatever. Okay. Um, the U.S. is losing ground in its backyard, Latin America, while China has been busy making major inroads there through its checkbook. We look at how the dynamics have shifted ahead of meeting between President Biden and other world leaders. Mm. So Mexican president boycotts American summit, America's summit. <laughs> what was it? What was their main reason behind it again? And I, I remember grabbing that part, like they weren't participating in that. But my uh, point is, well, how? And also the link to China you mentioned. Um, doing economic deals. I'm looking real quick on the website. I'm just trying to see something quick I can read. I need to start looking at this website. It's a little different. Uh, While you're browsing, what mm-hmm. I was guessing is like, okay, I know that China is building relationships with Brazil, which is kind of close to, to our backyard as well. But building relationships with Mexico is dangerous. It's literally in our backyard. And for all our history buffs, if you're familiar with the Cuban Missile Crisis, that was when the Soviet Union threatened to park nuclear missiles in Cuba, which is like, that's in our pool. Like, it's that's just really, really close to home. It's one thing having them on the other side of the world, but having them, like, right there, it was a lot of tension. It was really about the, the WHO situation, about uh, blip response. You Remember how we covered that one topic about given the who uh authority and stuff yeah. like that so that's what it was about that's what it that's what the conference is about i guess um but overall this goes back <laughs> this is what i've been saying since what season one economics this is what america should have been doing like well, reworking deals like tell me what america should be doing now Better deals than China. Now we with whom? Be Better deals with Mexico. Yeah, just so our allies, our allies, and our enemies that we could probably flip um, with a better deal than China. Because what people fail to realize with China, they're copying our model of how we do imperialism or business deals. Um, so. What's up, Marty Lovely? Peace, peace. The ATL shouty. Um, so I think that this comes back. This is what's so frustrating. It's like we're so reactive instead of proactive. And I, I got to give China credit. They think long term and they're very strategic. I'm not saying we're not strategic. We're just reactive and strategic versus they are very intentional, thoughtful, and measured. But why do you think that is? Because they learn from their defeats. Remember, China's history, they used to get their ass whooped by, what, Japan, all those other countries. Japan was like basically the U.S. or Asia back in the day. Like they, We know their history with Korea and other nations. So China learned from their defeat. Like, all right, we're never going to let this happen again. So that's the same way of how Vietnam has set up their society now. That's not going to happen again. Granted, it's different, but people won't try them again because they saw what happened in Vietnam. They fought for their homeland. So I think I, I want to push back. Yeah. I think that America is more reactive because, like, China, the Chinese don't have to worry about retaining power. They have power as one party. I think the whole political division of left and right, we're too busy spending money, time, and resources trying to retain power and keep the other party out. And so when something does happen, it's just like, 
Meanwhile, the Democrats and Republicans are barking, and then Nuke flies over here, and they're like, "Oh, we gotta, we gotta react to this." Yeah. Um, we got a comment from IG. More T. Lovely said, "Very reactive. China is intentional and stands on their history." Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You're not wrong. Um, I don't know. We definitely need to take a better approach. We need to renegotiate with people that we probably screwed over. Um, but what does America have to offer besides guns and oil that we take from other countries? Well, I think we offer service. Service industry, obviously guns. We know this. Uh, military Hold equipment. Let's be, let's be more granular. What type of services? I think I forgot. Well, that's one of our biggest exports is services. Services. Because not, now that I'm looking at, you know, you're doing business with FedEx, you're doing business with UPS, and you're calling like, where's my package? You're not talking to American customer service. Everywhere, mm-hmm. that seems to be outsourced. Yeah, that's outsourced. Yeah. So what type of services are, are America, Americans outsourcing? Uh, well, I could say uh, military services. And you can put as, that. As I mentioned, what do we have to offer besides guns and oil? Um, like be friends with us, and we'll bomb you. Like, yeah, nah, that that's out the window because China's doing it right. They're now, granted, people don't understand the back end of those deals. China's gonna be owning something. In your oh country. yes, very grindy, very grindy. So people forget year that leases and whatnot. Yeah, as we know. <laughs> see all of Europe <laughs> um, so but, it's alarming it's alarming and not because I also gotta look at if these countries that are doing these deals with China and thinking long term they'll, they'll be very heavy in those details on the back end if, if, I'm, a, if I'm a world leader doing business with China yeah. So that's the only I would say optimism and cause for non-worry, I guess, is because they gotta really look at those fine details. Like, all right, we doing business with y'all, but what's the long-term effects of us doing business with you? Because those countries are not stupid that are doing business with China, but mm-hmm. if they're in it's a vulnerable not for them position, not being stupid is if their leaders are corruptible. That too. And they can, how do you say, yeah, we'll detriment the nation for my the expense my, myself. You know, that's like, if your leaders true. are corruptible, then they, they don't care. And that's yeah. why I have concerns about, you know, our leadership. Like, I, they, I, I pray to God that they are not corruptible to uh, well, let's, the Chinese let's, ones. Let's go there a little bit. Yeah, you know, I don't want them to ban the shadow ban this one. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I mean, China has production, I think, what, movie studios in the U.S. that is purchased. Oh, yeah. I notice when I go see movies, I see Chinese production. Also, uh, from what I understand, they bought up a bunch of farmland that's been sold. Mm. Um, yeah. So, these same patriots that we have campaigned to get in, whatever, are the same ones selling us out, too. So, and then they'll turn around, oh, China this, China that. But who's selling to China? We're also selling to China. So, like, it's business, right? At the end of the day. Yeah. But what is it? What? Patriotism over a dollar? That's what we always hear, right? This America, da 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 da. I'm just curious how it's all going to. (laughs) How many years of this going on? Uh, let's just hope that you know no no nukes in the backyard yeah uh you know maybe we 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 could find some we we gotta find something to to negotiate to offer with them yeah because quite frankly there are a lot of things that we i don't want to say need from china but it would be easier their manufacturing sure maybe like we are heavily dependent on them it would be very hard to shift that back to America. Which we should have been doing during the blip. 
Yeah, we, up, we upgraded, man. We can we can't go back in time. Yeah. I know. I'm just, I'm just saying, like that was a perfect time to do that. Like two years, bro. You could have got a lot of stuff shifted. Could have made a dent in that because we saw what happened with supply chain issues, which we still have. So, and, and I, I'm telling because we, we as we advise the president, they don't. Mr. Biden does not want to hear about what he should have done or what because we have to tell them what they need to do. And yeah. The critical information that, that we can do moving forward. We got the lithium here in, 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 in America because that's where it, everything's going electric. We need to do that. But manufacturing, 3D printing, I don't know, man. We, we, we do need to take this into consideration in order to made in america upgrade america <laughs> all right next topic is that a flyer in the wall or a small military drone let's talk about it i mean you know darpa right yes i don't recall the acronym but they do a lot of like they prototype military weapons and equipment and you know it's experimental stuff have you you've you read that uh dan brown angel no i know the author he did da vinci code right yeah Mm -hmm. so he claims you know he does a lot of research and he bases it on facts like or not saying things have happened but the things in his book could happen and you know it's trying to be realistic but he talks about these dragonfly drones, and you may know about them. He was talking about this back in what? When did that come out? Let's go. Dang, man, I was in the military reading that. What, the Mexico? Yeah. Ooh, that was what, 2006, 8, somewhere in there? Right. So they had that tech. It wasn't in Da Vinci Code they mentioned the dragonflies. It was one of his subsequent books. Okay. It was on the Delta Force team. And then they were talking about the technology that they had, and one of them was one of these little drones. So they had that. There's documentaries that on that. But when you're talking about where it's so uncanny, where you can't tell if it's a fly, yeah, that that's real. And you ever hear like that where they say, "Man, I wish I was a fly on the wall in, in that place." Yeah. <laughs> it's literally, it's literally that, man. And it's like. <laughs> Y'all think we got how, how, how do you react to that, though? Huh? How do you, do you, does that make you paranoid? Yeah, like we, I mean, we already know we don't have privacy. Shout out to all the intelligence agencies that tune in every week, huh? But that's a whole nother level, man. Flies, like, I know they do bees and like other stuff. I think wasp or something. Like almost, flies, bees, yeah. wasps. I think. Yeah. But here's what you must consider, bro. It's like, you put me on that movie. It was uh, Olympus Has Fallen or one of those two. Yeah, yeah. Angel Has so, Fallen. Ah, oh, they're so good. It's though. not the the big drones. Yes, they're devastating. They're capable of carrying tactical nuclear weapons. Like, that's, that's, that's crazy. But, like, yeah. the little drones, the swarms of them. Yeah. Well, just as devastating. Oh. You gotta remember, they can fly as a mass. That's probably what these UFOs are. But they can fly as a, like, a huge mass, dissipate, and, and... very fascinating thing. Uh, yeah, just like, that was Angel Has Fallen. That was the sequel to Olympus Has Fallen. Okay. What you're talking about, where they shot the drones out of the... And they tried to attack the president. That was dope, actually. It was pretty dope. But, uh... Anyway, but time it's like to me. I think that was a, not everything was realistic because they had, but the scenario of of a drone attack is real to the to the degree. Now they have weapons. They have drone. I'm sorry. They have anti-drone weapons because they're that much of a threat. You gotta prepare. I mean, what is that? I asked this last question. What does that say for us civilians? Mm. How do we defend against drones? Because, I mean, we know in the DMV area, you are being monitored by radar, drone, aircraft. They say aircraft. So 
we always talk about this. What about armed drones over American skies for civilians? Well, Ukraine, the Ukraine war has really been put insight onto. Yo, when I tell you these guys are putting rocket launchers on drones, these they're talking about drones that people are buying off the market. They're taking like weights. They're flying them up into the air, and just the velocity of this weight falling down is killing Russian soldiers. Like, yeah, uh, aviation, American aviation. How do you say regulators and law enforcement? Yeah, yeah. The consideration, but they say the the future is just going to be a millions of these little things flying in the sky. But what do you think? We need to have some accountability, some tags, like. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at it from me and you standpoint, like everyday citizens, how do we, especially marginalized groups, that's even worse. Because think about the privileged top half percent, one percent. They, they're going to have access to this technology for their own reasons, I'm sure. What so, technology you're referring to? Just uh, like drone technology as far as like for protection and stuff like that. Oh, uh, I mean, it, for protection, maybe they would have more advanced, but this technology is democratized, bro. Just like the 3D printing guns and things of that nature, anyone can make a drone. And like, you, you just just hear me out. Yes, people with money and wealth will have, they will have access to sophisticated drones. However, if the if people who are, if there are any type of opposition, your regular drones that anyone can purchase are just as devastating to their drones and other uh, other other targets. Mm-hmm. I could say that's just a concern. I started thinking about the hierarchy and like things like that. Like, mm, um, you and you gotta remember the mm-hmm. the wealthy, the powerful. They will always fight conventionally. They will always fight with force and what wealth and what what and. The, what they can what they can buy like organized military but soft forces you, you must remember soft unconventional forces is what defeated the british well and every the, war yeah pretty much every war <laughs> and yeah. the drones i'm telling you these drones they are i know there's mass books in in ukraine that are just taking notes on one how the russians are fight, how this whole I, yeah. I don't think there's any there's ever been a this conflict is being fought like that Call of Duty Black Ops like that video game where you're flying around and killing people with drones and stuff that's how this conflict is being fought man. it's wild yeah. I don't know what else we got on the rundown man we got uh what are you watching so I saw Jurassic World I think Domination and you watched Love, Death and Robot so that's on Netflix I think right yeah okay um, I'll go real quick. My thoughts on Jurassic World domination was if you watch any of Jurassic, I'm not gonna spoil it, but it falls in the same formula cliche, dinosaur stuff, adventure, da 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 da. But I paid attention to, I, we always say n- movies are the news, <laughs> so I was looking for what's coming next watching this and like how they blended current day with the dinosaurs and like reporting and it was really it was really seamless like I remember watching it and they used like news sources like now this explaining like the dinosaurs and how they've been and how we've been coexisting and all this so but again that's a weird blend of reality and yeah this thing but and from I, a Psychops perspective, you gotta remember there's there's purpose for that. But I love how yes. you write that now. No, and that's that's what it was. I was sitting there like, man, this is this is like I'm watching the news in a sense, like real news. So I was sitting there like, oh. Um it was I'll say it was entertaining, it was good for what it was. It had put a bow on the series. Um, if you're into the Jurassic Park movies, you'll probably want to see it just for nostalgic reasons because they brought the original cast in. Uh, that's the biggest reason why I went. Um, it was cool. It was entertaining. It was long. So go early. 
go to the earlier show. You can't. It's like two hours long. It just came, it came out. out. Yeah, it came out Friday. I went on Friday. Friday, like at twelve fifty, um, and I watched it. It was like I got out. It was like three thirty. So like, it's a long. Yeah. yeah. HBO spoiled me with letting me see the Matrix, like streaming it. I prefer that option. Introverted in me, like yeah. I prefer that option. And I didn't get that with Top Gun, and I'm gonna see if I can stream. How you say Jurassic World for the, the watch the psychops like you said, and also I too was a fan of Jurassic World. Real yeah. quick, Love, Death, and Robots, awesome. Uh, more or less, it's it's a season three. It's short, it's 15 minute animes, but they're okay. different production teams. So every episode is different type of animation, and it's all sci-fi stuff like some of it is cartoon Japanese anime type some of it is like CGI animation different themes different stories short quick and it's, it kind of reminds not really Robot Chicken but like it, it's, it's short sketches like that but to me sci-fi buff love it recommend it how would you upgrade America though bro this is the um, show about continuous improvement Man, what do we need to do? Um, politicians need to work for the people and quit doing political theater. Mm. Like, if it was the way, like, as soon as they're not working, they get fired, that would be awesome. Like, if we could fire politicians like this, not vote them out, no, you're fired. Bro. You're not working. You're not doing what you need for your constituents. Like, this is more on a higher level. Because on local and state level, it's a little different. But I'm talking about, like, D.C. So then, I if there were a process where, and I know there's impeachment and what have you, but if there are a process where people could collectively remove an individual, or at least not collect, we vote and you're out. Because, no, they, no, that's, that's not Yeah, they got elected. But vote like, and have yeah. some sort of assessment. And if they're found, you know, unfit in that assessment, perhaps have them removed. I don't know. Yeah. But that would give some flame, some fire under their butt to get stuff done. Yeah, I was just thinking of that. Like, that's what we need. So that's one thing I would do. Figure out a way to do that. Me, personally, is, yo, print some more trillions, buy Bitcoin, do reparations, upgrade America. We gave you out a blueprint. Whether I'm president or not, you have your instructions. But, yo, philosophically, um, just positive note, was how you want to end this one, bro? Um, you know what? Embrace who you are. Yes. Indeed. Embrace who you are and live it. Yeah. I want to piggyback off that. That's the easiest way if, if, if you don't I don't want to say be stress free but like not worrying about conforming to other people take that's it'll take so much burden off your shoulders and yo be who you are like CJ said and, and live your life follow your dreams and you know upgrade America and the world peace peace